want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. We're going to look at two things in Luke. And um, let's go ahead and stand. I want to encourage you why we're doing this. Afterwards, don't go out the normal way you go out through the front door. Go up the, up the ramp and to your left. We have many things in there. The kids will be in there getting their, uh, their um, Pastor Pal store for Christmas. It's open today. I'll take them back there. Um, and then also we have, you need to judge the gingerbread houses. I think there's like 13 of them. If you don't do that, the Craigs have to, and they don't want to do that. All right, but if you can help us with that, there are all different types of one. There's one that I think is interesting. It looks like a Pal's restaurant. All right, so if you have a hamburger fancying, you're going to probably pick that one. All right, but um, you make sure you go in there. There's a little card in there. Write down the one, two, and three. Then we'll, just, we'll, we'll take pictures of them. We'll tell you which one's one. A lot of different creativity with that. And then we also have a meal for you to take home. And if you are a senior in here, we have a basket for you to take home. Uh, please make sure you do that so we don't have to deliver all of them. We'd really appreciate it if you would, if you would do that. So let's look right into it. And I'm going to read Luke, and then we're going to, I'll have you see, sit, and then I'll, do to, I'll go to Matthew. But Luke chapter 2 says this, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And all this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone at his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee. Out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea and the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Then, of course, you have the, the shepherd story, verses 8 through 16, 15, and it says in verse number 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they, were, they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, look at this next statement, and pondered them in her heart. She thought over these. The shepherds returned, glorifying God and pray, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's go ahead and pray. Bobby, could you pray for us? Amen. You may be seated. Now flip over to Matthew. We're going to go chronologically in order. And I want you to, we're going to read 12 verses in Matthew. It says, in Matthew chapter 2, and it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. It says, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my, all my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, 
till it came and stood over where the young child was. And I like this, verse number 10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened up their treasures, they opened, when they opened up their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I just want to ask you a couple things right now. I'm going to ask you two questions, and then we're going to get right into the message. If I were to ask you this, what is this? What does the Christmas story mean to you? I mean, personally, what does it mean to you? Now, I think of some things that I think of. I think he was a king. He was born royalty. I also know that he was my savior. He was born to save the, the sins of the world. And I also think it shows God's love towards us. You know, there's a lot of things that people say are love right now, but they're not. God definitely loved us. So if I were to ask you this, what does the Christmas story mean? Do you make it personal? The second one, what can we learn from, this, from the Christmas story? So let's get right into this. And I'm going to give you three things we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the order, and we're also going to look at two items to learn. You say, well, why is, why is the order so important? Because the order shows power, and it also shows all-knowing. And you'll see that in just a second with something I'm, you've maybe not even thought of before. But I want you to look at the order. Let's look at the order of the things that happen. The first thing we have is the, in, in chronological order. In Luke chapter 1, you have, the Mar, you have the angel talking to Mary. He comes and tells her what's going to happen. And he says to her, I like these words. He says, when he talks to her, he says, You're highly favored. Blessed art thou among women. That's what the angel tells her. And then you have the angel coming to Joseph. And why I like the one about Joseph is there's something, when it starts out that story about Joseph, here's what it says, but while he, Joseph, thought on these things. Joseph finds out that, that Mary is pregnant. He's thinking on these. And it just shows you the order and the timing that God has to do this. Then you have, they have to go to Bethlehem. Of course, they're being taxed. And they have to go to the city of David. This is found in Luke chapter 2. And then in the next one would be the inn in Bethlehem. They're looking for something. And then, of course, who visits them in Bethlehem? You have the shepherds. The shepherds come and visit them. They're in, watching their flock by night. God gets, sends an angel to them. And then they, they go see the baby in the manger. And so the next one would be the wise men. But between these two, probably three to four years has happened. And and they're still in Bethlehem. The wise men go, and they see him, and then there's a couple things on their way to see the um, shepherds. I mean, to see, see the baby. Guess what they see? They meet a guy by the name of Herod. You say, why is that so important? Because Herod's going to do something that I don't know of any evil, evil king or, or evil, any evil government official that would do exactly what Herod does. You just think about it. Sometimes we just read it and we flippantly think, but if you had a child, how would you feel about that? And the last one is the star. God brings the star out. Let me ask you just a simple question. If a new star showed up and it wasn't that bright, and it showed up in the, in the sky tonight, would you even know? If you were looking at the star. Hmm. See, the, the, the order that God does this, it's very interesting. Because I, I want you to look at two things real quick. I want you to look at the shepherds and the wise men. 
Why is the order important? Let's just say, for sake of argument, that we're going to switch those around. We're going to switch the wise men and the shepherds. Hmm. What would that mean? Well, God knows exactly what He's doing. And as we switch these around, what if the wise men went to the stable? See, God's, God's order is it's just amazing. Because He sends a group of men, not the, not the wise men, He sends the shepherds that knew exactly what a stable was. They knew exactly what that meant. Born in a manger. I wonder, honestly, if the, if the wise men go, what's a manger? He sent the right ones, and he, he sent the, the, the wise men, I think, when he sent them in the right order, he sent them so that they would have money to travel. The shepherds, the shepherds, couldn't do, the, the shepherds could not give them anything. They were just common folk. Now let's look at the last part. What about the shepherds? Let's say that the wise men come, and they go, and they go to the, they go to the stable. They see Jesus that's born, and, and then about three years later, why, the shepherds show up. And they go, and they go to Herod. Now think about this. What would Herod do if three shepherds or four shepherds walked in and said, I want to see who, who this Jesus is? Well, they knew terms that the, the, the wise men knew how to approach the king. The shepherds did not. The wise men influenced the king and the country. The shepherds did not. So with God's order, just by taking two of these out, the, 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 the shepherds, of course, are out at night, but they're not astrologers like the wise men. They wouldn't know if a new star, unless it was really bright and they were following it, and they surely would not know how to talk to Herod, and Herod would not give them the time of day. If they showed up at Jerusalem one day and said, listen, I want to, I want to find out what's going on. There's a new star and I want to find out what's going on. They would have never made it to talk to Herod. See, the order is very important. And, and God knows exactly what He's doing when He puts it in this order. You know, did the angels talk to the wise men? No, they saw it in a dream. Think about this aspect of the story. Who did the angels talk to? They talked to Joseph, and they talked to Mary. And they also talked to who? Shepherds. Anybody in here ever had an angel talk to you? If you did, don't raise your hand, okay? Come see me later. I would say we haven't. Can I insert something in here real quick? With the order? When the shepherds came and saw Mary and Joseph, and they made this statement, we saw angels and they spoke to us, I can tell you this, with Mary and Joseph's past experiences, they were not freaked out over it. They understood exactly what happened. Because it had happened to them. I think it's interesting that he goes and sees the shepherds, and just common people get to hear these angels speak, and the, wise, and the wise men, they're just following a star. 
And Jesus, God's going to speak to them and later in a dream and say, go home a different way. But as you look at this order, you see how God knew exactly what was going on every step of the way. The order needed to be like this for it to work, and God's plan always works. I don't care where you are, God's plan always works. Every part of this, of this story was orchestrated by God Himself. And so let's look, we've looked at the order, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two items that I want you to learn. The first one is the proclamations, and the second one are the presents. How many different proclamations were said and, and what exactly was foretold in the proclamation and what are these presents? Let's look at the first one, the proclamation. The first one they said, and, and, and we say this, how many of you, when you saw your baby for the first time, you said this word? Look at the first proclamation. Now these are all proclamations that the angels said about Jesus. Why is this important? Because Mary and Joseph didn't know who he was yet. The wise men didn't know who he was. But the angels had been living with him. They know exactly who he was. The first one they said was great. Now we have a great, it's not a great granddaughter, but it's a great granddaughter. If you know what I mean? When I see her, as you saw, and by the way, I want to go on record and say this. How many of you got our Christmas cards? I did not do the Christmas cards. In fact, my wife came home with them and I was shocked that she did that. Because it said, Merry Christmas from the Wagners and the Hoodlum. <laughs> you know, that Hoodlum, to me, is a great little child. Got to talk with her on the phone the other day. I can't understand half the words she's saying, and she talks so fast. But when you talk about the proclamations, the angels, when they talk about the, the word great, they say this to Mary. They say, this child you're going to have, he shall be great. Now, every parent thinks their, their child's going to be great, but not every angel's going to come down and tell you that your child's going to be great. And how did they know that? Because they had been there with him. They also make another statement. They also said that he is the son of the highest. Because now the angels are saying, listen, not only do we know Jesus, but we know the Father also. And with this, he's great. And Mary, I want you to understand, he's the son of the highest. This is a proclamation that God says. And so the third one, he says again to Mary, he says he's the Son of God. Now it's interesting that he says this to Mary, he does not say this to Joseph. Why is that interesting? Think about this whole story. Who knew that he was the Son of God? Mary did. Because when she tells Mary that she's going to have a child, she says, listen, she says, I've not been with a man, I can't have a child. No, this child that you're having is the Son of God. He, she knew exactly what that meant. If anybody in the world knew what that was, it was Mary. So the proclamation that the angels have said is he says, listen, he's going to be, a, he's going to be great. He's going to be the Son of the Highest. He's going to be the Son of God. Then he says something to the shepherds. When he's talking to the shepherds, he refers to something of who Jesus is, and he says this word, he's going to be a Savior. Because to the shepherd, he was their Savior. Now, he was Mary's Savior, but he was, Mary understood the other ones. Now, here he's saying, listen, this child you're going to see, and I, I, I think this almost pushes them to him and say, go see the Savior. 
Because they had heard all the stories about the Savior in the Old Testament. They just didn't know when he was going to be born. They're just in a normal day, a normal night, and then all of a sudden an angel pops up and a bunch of angels pop up. And then they start singing the praises of who God is. It says, listen, there is a child that is born in the city of David and he's going to be a Savior. And he wasn't a Savior just to one person. He was a Savior to all of them. And the last one, that I, that, that I find interesting that the angels say, he says to Mary, he's going to be great. He's going to be the son of the highest. He's going to be the son of God. And then he says to the, the shepherds, he's going, to be, he's going to be a savior. But he says something to Joseph. And I like the word he uses as Joseph. What was the word that he told Joseph that he didn't tell any of the other ones? Emmanuel. And even the Bible says it's trans. It, it, to be interpreted as what? God with us. And I think it's interesting that he says that to Joseph because Joseph's probably the one doubting the whole situation. You know, he's, he's supposed to believe this and God gives him the ability to, but he's supposed to believe that this, this woman's going to have a child and never been with a man. But the child's going to come and he says he's going to be the son of God to Mary and then on this he also tells, he tells him, he tells Joseph that, hey, not only that, he's going to be Emmanuel, he's going to be with God with us. So you look at all these proclamations that the angels say, and remember, these are the beings that knew Jesus. And they didn't know him as a child. They knew him as a creator. And look at these words again. Aren't you thankful that he's great? Now, when we say the word great, that can mean a lot of different things. But when, when, God, when the angels say it, they understood what greatness was. Then he says he's the son of the highest and the son of God, relating that he was related to God the Father. Then he tells the, he tells the um, shepherds that he's the Savior. And then he tells Joseph he's Emmanuel. God with us. You know, when I look at the, the story of the birth, and, and then I think of the story of the wise men coming, you can see God in everything. And so we have the proclamations. Now we have the, the coming up, we have the proclamations, we have the presence. Now this next statement, I wanted to see if you get it. We're going to talk about the four gifts that were given to, given to Christ. Say, Pastor Wagner, you can't count. No, I think the fourth gift is the biggest gift of them all. And you'll see it in just a second. Of course, the kings, the wise men come, and what are the gifts that they give? We all know what they are. Let's look at them. They are, they are found in the Bible, and there's, there's, three, there's three right off the bat we know. We know the first one is gold. Now, how many of you in here would like to have some gold? Now, if you went underneath your tree, Cecil, you went underneath your tree to this mo to, on Christmas morning when you run down there with your, your little red and black flannel pajamas, run down with your hat on, and you're, you've already got the fire going at the house, got it warm, and you go under, there's a big block underneath your, underneath your tree, and you open it up, and it's, it's a five-pound gold bar. That'd be something you'd want. If you don't want it, give it to me, Okay. See, Cecil, I know he understands it because he gets like a truckload of coal every year, and so he would love to have some, some gold. 
And so you have the gold. The next one you have frankincense coming in on, on this. Then you have, of course, myrrh. Gold, as we all know, represents something. It re represents wealth, but it also represents this, royalty. Now, I don't really know if the wise men knew what they were doing or what they were giving, or God just said, bring these things. But if you look up in the Bible and you try to find frankincense or myrrh, you don't see it very many places. You, you can find it a few places. But the first one, everybody knew gold. Everybody knew that it was, and again, I feel like these three gifts that were given by the wise men were giving at, at the right time as God did it, because he gave them something, and right after he gave, they gave this to them, what happened? They traveled. They had to get out of there. And because they had to protect the child. And I think this actually helped them get out. So you have frankincense is a religious ceremony or a government. That was, it was used in government ceremonies. And, it, and when I think of that, I, I think of not only with royalty, he's our king, but with the religious ceremony, he is our high priest. We no longer need to have an altar up here where we have a sacrifice because Jesus did that. Not only was the frankincense for the religious ceremony, it was also for a government ceremony because did not one of the priests and scribes say what? He was going to be the governor. It symbolized that. And myrrh, there's only one way to put it. Myrrh was used for something, and it was used for death. Was, they used it in the balming of how, how they took care of a body. Now, if I was Mary and Joseph, and they brought all these in, and of course they worshipped, they fell down and worshipped them, and they gave them all these different things, I'd be going, why did you give us myrrh? Now, they knew what was going to happen to their child because it was foretold in the Old Testament. But here they have all those three gifts. And as you, as you look at it, he is our king. He is our high priest. He is our governor. And look at myrrh. He is Calvary for us. He's the great sacrifice for us. So now let's look at the last point and we're almost done. I want to talk to you about the fourth gift that was given to him. And you've got to look in your Bible for it. I want you to turn in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Let's go back to it. Find your, find your place in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read some things. And I want to say this to you. This is the biggest gift that you can give to the Lord. Because when you look at this, how many of you in here now, if you, if, if, you, if you answer this, how many of you in here would come in and say, listen, for the Christmas gift of Jesus this year, I'm going to give a chunk of gold, some frankincense and myrrh. How many of you can do that? Because we'll take up an offering right now. We're not going to be able to do that. Now, we can give our tithes and our offerings, I understand that, and, and monetary things. But here, let's look at the fourth one. And I want to talk to you about the biggest gift given. It's found in Luke chapter 2. And I want you to follow along with me. Let's get into this part of the story. But put yourself in Joseph's and Mary's position. Let's look in, in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7 again. It says, It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. The taxing was first made when Cyrenius the governor, was, was governor of Syria. 
And all went to be taxed, everyone at his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. When I was thinking about this, and then thinking about this story, and, you know, preachers look at this story and try to figure out different aspects of it. But when I was looking at this story, I, I, I found something that was very interesting. If you look at it and you think about how Joseph must have felt, and we've done through the eyes of Joseph and, and through the eyes of Mary in, in previous years, but I want you to recall what, what you would have done. Men, if you were Joseph, what you would have done. And ladies, if you were Mary, what you would have done. What you would have been thinking up to this point. Now don't read ahead because we know what's going to happen. But up to this point, she was having a child. She was a virgin having a child and not knowing what was going to happen. They all, all of a sudden, let's go on a journey. Now how many pregnant women want to go on a journey on a donkey? We're going to go on this and, and, and we're going to go to Bethlehem. We're going to be taxed. That's a great thing. While they were there, she has the child. Joseph knows his wife's going to have a baby. Isn't it wonderful when you have a baby? I was thinking about Joseph, what he must have thought. I wonder if he ever just sat down in front of him, in, by himself and thought, what am I going to do? First thing I've got to do is I've got to take care of this child. You know what I'm going to do? Miss Brenda, I'm going to run around. I'm going to find a place that she can have this child. I'm going to go to every inn I can open. I'm going to go to people that I don't even know because you know what? My wife's having a baby. When my wife had a baby, guess where we went? To the hospital. How many of you have ever had the privilege of having a baby not in the hospital? That's always a great feeling, isn't it? You know, I remember when she's pregnant, I was thinking, if we travel anywhere, where's the closest hospital? He ran around trying to find all this, then all of a sudden the child's born. I can almost see what Joseph is doing. Joseph's probably cleaning up everything to make it sanitary as much as possible. Don't think he just put the baby in anywhere, put the baby in a manger and didn't clean it out. He's surrounded by animals and all this other aspect. The smell must not have been very good. I don't know, in this stable that he was at, I, a lot of people say that it was in caves. I don't even know if it had a door. Now ladies in here, let's think about this. You're having a child and you're in a cave and there's no door? I don't know, maybe there was a door. We'll look at that in just a second. But I can almost picture Joseph at this point in this story. He hadn't found her any place to stay. There was no room in the inn. No one seemed to carry, no, no one seemed to care that they were going to have the Son of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Here's what I would have been doing after the baby is born. I'd have probably been holding my wife's hand and looking at the baby, but I'd be thinking, I'm a total failure. Total failure. God has given me one responsibility. He has told my wife that this is going to be the Son of God, Son of the Highest. 
It's going to be great. And yet he's born in a men, in just a mini little stable with animals around. And I have to clean the place up just to make it sanitary. Then you got Mary on the other side. Now, ladies, when the baby comes, guess what? It doesn't matter where it comes. It's just going to come. You know what I think she was thinking? Let's just get this over with. Right? You don't know that yet. Lindsay, you'll figure it out pretty soon, okay? You know? I didn't want our baby to come, Brother Brown, in a cab. I did not want our baby to come at our house. I wanted to be very cautious to have our baby come at the hospital. After she's had the, 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 I can remember our first child. My wife went through so much pain with that. And I can remember when it was over, the joy supersedes the pain. All of a sudden, you don't remember the pain, but I remembered the pain. I remember what she went through. But now she's had the child, they put the child in a manger, and she's right there thinking, what's happening? Why are we here? God, you said this is the Son of God. You said it was the Son of the Highest. You said He was going to be great. You told my husband He was going to be God with us. Now we're sitting in a manger. We're sitting in a stable, and we've got our baby in a manger. I don't feel like a success. Oh, I'm thankful for the baby. Then something happens. One of two things happens. Either the, the manger, the, and I'm reading into this, but think about this. The stable either had a door or did not have a door. Let's pretend it didn't have a door. Mary and Joseph are sitting down, and they're totally distraught with where they're. The, oh, the child's doing wonderful. But when you look around, you see all the animals. You see all the uncleanliness of it. And I really want you to picture that. I wonder what they thought. They look out and all of a sudden, I don't know how many, how many shepherds came. But all of a sudden, the door's not there. Let's pretend the door's not there. They see shepherds walking towards them. Now, from a distance and when they get closer, you could, you, he could sense they knew exactly who they were, what kind of people they were because of the way that they smelled, number one, and the way that what they wore. They were not kings and royalty. They were just common folk. And they probably thought in their mind, hey, it's already too full in here. We can't put your sheep in here. What if there was a door? And they were sitting there and all of a sudden they hear. Joseph is distraught. I can tell you how I would feel. Oh yeah, the baby's there, it's fine, but we're just not where I want to be. Let me say this to you. When you have your first child, no one's ready for it. You know, I, I want to see Joe. I want to see <laughs> Josh when he has when you have that first child. He'll be in a in a in a fog. Sudden knock at the door. I wonder what Mary thought. This we don't have any room in here for anything else. I don't want any attention. I had a child and. Joseph is sitting on the other side thinking, I've failed everything. This God with us, I'm, I'm not doing too good with that. 
door opens up, there's some shepherds. And they're common people. They walk in the room. But they're looking for something. They're looking for one thing. Let's read the story. Jump in at Luke chapter 2. Verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds, we don't know how many, abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel came upon them, and, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And I love this, because God knows exactly what we are. And because he says they were sore afraid, and look at the first two words in verse number 10 that the angels say. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, even you, shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Here's an aspect of this story you don't ever think of. Can you take the shepherds out of this story and the story still be a great story? Can you take the shepherds out? I don't think you can take the wise men out. And, and God could have supplied needs, I understand that. But the wise men, I think, were there for that, that financial gain and to bring Herod where he needed to be. But what about the shepherds? Did we need the shepherds? Bobby, I want to tell you this, we didn't. We didn't need the shepherds to pro proclaim that he was God, son of, the, son of God, son of the highest. Then why were the shepherds there? They had a gift. You said they financially gave, gave under, under the table to him? Nope. They had a gift. They were looking for one thing. What were they looking for? Well, what did we just read? What did the angels tell them to look for? Go back to it. Let's see it. It says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for a baby that's wrapped in death garments lying in a manger. And all of a sudden they depart and they go. Again, Mary and Joseph to this point, they have no idea what's going to happen. They were not foretold and never said, hey, listen here, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds are coming and they're going to proclaim something to you. They didn't know it was going to happen. Don't read into this story. They're sitting there going, what in the world's happening? What are we going to do? What's our next step? We've got a child now we've got to take care of. Not only do we have a child we have to take care of, it's God himself. The knock at the door, them walking up. Shepherds didn't need to come, but they came for one reason. And here's what it was. Keep reading. In verse number 16. And they came with haste and found what? Mary and Joseph 
But that's not what they were looking for. They were looking for this next part. And the babe lying in a manger. Can you imagine when they're coming in? Hey, we're just common people. I don't know. We've talked about this. We don't know if they brought their sheep with them. They had another sheep. Uh, you know, they had babysitters for the sheep. I have no idea what they did. But I know they, they came and they saw and they saw Mary and Joseph. Hey, this is not normal. And then there's a child lying in a manger. Then look what they did. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. It wasn't about Mary and Joseph anymore. It was about the child. And all they that heard it wondered at, all, at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Drop down to verse number 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. And it was unto, seen as it was told unto them. Go back to verse number 19. Here's what the gift that they gave. They gave conversation to two people that thought they might be failing. They gave encouragement saying, listen, you put the child in the, in the stable, you put the child in the cradle, the manger, and that's what the angel told us we would find. Do you not think before, now think this through, before the shepherds came, I wonder what the thought process, oh, we have a beautiful baby, but we're in a, main, we're in a stable. I love the baby, and I'm glad the baby's healthy, and they do everything that everybody else does. What do you do when you see a baby? Ten toes, ten fingers, everything's okay. Want a healthy baby. There's no doubt there was some discouragement along the way. But then these common folk came to see your baby. God told me that you were going to have a child. And God told me I'd find a child Lying in a manger. When the shepherds left, if I was a guessing man, Brother Brown, I would say Mary and Joseph were encouraged by it. They didn't have to go. God didn't have to send an angel to see them. But he did. You know why he does that? Because he cares about us. Now let's look at these gifts. I mean, if someone wants to give me a pound of gold, I'll take it. Some frankincense, I don't know what I'd do with it. Myrrh, I don't know what I'd do with it. But you know that fourth one, that conversation, that encouragement? That's a gift that we can give anybody. When you see someone down in the next couple days, say two words to them. Merry Christmas. Because that child that was born that those shepherds came and saw was going to be their salvation. We sometimes read this story and we just flippantly read over it. We, we, we fail to realize that Mary was a person, Joseph was a person, they had thoughts just like us. And how they handled this. Man, I'm thankful for the gifts that they gave them. Thankful for financial gifts. But I sure am thankful for conversation that's, that's encouraged me. You say, well, I can't, I can't give them anything. You know what the shepherds gave the biggest gift? It was their time. It was their time. <laughs> How would you like to watch? Let's just say 100 sheep 
We all know what sheep are. They're dumb animals. You've got to watch them, as the statement says, like a hawk. You've got to control them. You've got to make sure they're all where they need to be. You've got to make sure you feed them. Make sure you give them water. It's a hard job. Low pay. But yet God used them. God used them to encourage the mother of God himself. Aren't you thankful for God's blessings in our lives? Aren't you thankful for the gifts you can offer? You know, I want to end it with this. I want you to have a Merry Christmas. But I want you to think about this story when you read this story. It's not just a simple story of, oh, the shepherds came and the wise men came later and they gave all these gifts. There was a purpose in everything God does. He knew the order. He knew exactly. He was never shocked at what happened. He was not shocked when they were born in a stable because he had already sent his messengers to tell the shepherds where they're going to be. He does the same thing with you. He loves you so much. And he cares for you. And he's setting things up along the way to make you what you need to be.